Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fintech ki baat dil se. Today we have with us founder of Plum Mr. Abhishek Pardar. Abhishek, thank you so much for uh, joining us and you know giving us an opportunity to learn from your learnings. Hey Shreyas, hey Sagrika, thanks so much for having me here. Pleasure is all ours. Um, Abhishek, uh, before we start, we just you know love if you can give audience a quick background about you and a bit about Plum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Plum is a company that I started almost two years ago, uh, making employee health insurance uh, more accessible, more affordable, uh, and more usable for companies of all sizes. Uh, companies as small as two employees, companies as large as twenty thousand employees. Uh, we have been growing really fast in the last two years. We have more than thousand companies that are using Plum. Uh, my background is I've been building. uh product and companies for the last 10 years and uh, we can go more into the detail of uh, uh, my own journey but that's a quick background about the company and myself oh that's great yes uh so abhishek uh, i think uh, to delve in a little more on your journey uh, would love to know on how you and um, siddharth and of meeting sorry not siddharth let's let me take that again um yeah Uh, so Abhishek, just to get a little bit into your journey, uh, we'd love to know how did the idea of Plum get uh, started up, and how did you and Saurabh end up meeting, and how did it all just turn out to be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, both uh, Saurabh and I are uh, we have all uh, we have both been uh, entrepreneurs in our past lives as well. uh and this was back in 2019 we were uh, figuring out uh, what's the next thing that you want to who think uh, that were very similar uh, one was we would want wanted to build something uh, that would last beyond our own lifetime uh, so we were very aligned in terms of uh, the kind of things that we wanted to build and number two was we were both uh, looking at similar kind of uh, problem uh, in the space of uh, employee and employee health insurance uh, and we got connected it was a uh, uh, it was very surreal uh, we got connected through a mutual friend we were actually talking about very similar idea to this mutual friend and he said hey uh, you and saurabh should at least connect and uh, bounce off your ideas to each other uh, uh, so that and then uh, we kind of dated for 6 months uh, when i say dating uh we we spent a lot of time building things together without even formalizing uh the company or our uh, founder setup and this was more to get used to this idea that hey uh we are two co-founders who can work together for a very long time uh i think one thing that was very clear for us was uh figuring out who the co-founder is can make or break uh, a company so we spent a lot of time investing and building that Uh, that we are doing this formally together. That sounds super interesting. I just have a quick follow-up question. So, how did you know that uh, Saurabh was the one? You know, like he was the co-founder that you wanted. Like, when was that moment? How did you realize that? Yeah, I, I don't think there was one single moment. Uh, it, it was a journey. Uh, uh, I think uh, both Saurabh and I would have individually met uh, probably twenty thirty. Uh, potential co-founders during that time, but uh, I think what resonated well was 
uh, our own thought process of what we wanted to build and when i say what this is not a about this uh, this is about uh, why we want to build a company in the first place uh, we were very sure that uh, this time around uh, we want to build uh, something that can keep us busy for the next 10 20 years at least right which means it has to be a meaningful opportunity where we are not just spending 2 3 years and then we are going to get acquired by another company right or we will flip the company to something else uh, so i think one was that Uh, idea behind why we are building this uh, and then uh, what also resonated was how we thought about company right we were in our first uh, coffee chat we were both talking about building a team how we think about prioritizing how we think about what's important for a company and there we saw a lot of resonance in terms of uh, how we align and that's that gave us initial ideas that hey this looks like a uh th- this seems like this will work out as a partnership uh, because we are very aligned in terms of why and the how and the what uh i think if you are aligned at that level then the exact idea that you are working on can be figured out and you would see a lot of startups who would go through pivots as well right because you can never be sure that the first idea that you pick up uh, will actually work out so the this time you're aligned on why you're building a company and how you're building uh th- th- that partnership uh, of the founders will stay together perfect i think that is really insightful uh, this actually i'm glad we actually touched upon this topic you know this is a very prevalent problem among single founders you know and ultimately what happens is when they go to raise their first pre seed round investors are like yeah, you need to have more expertise in your team you need to have a tech guy who's in it Should we to have a business guy using it? Should and then they go out in search for founders, but ultimately they don't know how to go about it. And if they end up with the wrong founders, I have seen really great ideas. Does collapse? Like none of them is actually wrong, but they are wrong for each other. Like the thoughts don't match and all of that, right? And that is when the company collapses. So if if you were to summarize in let's say three or three or four points on how do you find a you know suitable co-founder, what would they be? Yeah, I would say one uh, meet a lot of people. Uh, this is uh, true with anything that you do, right? Which is create as large a top of the funnel as possible. We talk talk about that in marketing, but this is very much true in uh, finding a co-founder as well. So uh, be extrovert, go and talk to people, go and talk to like-minded people. Spend uh, a lot of time uh, building. Uh, building those initial ideas with one or two people that you would have shortlisted uh mm-hmm. spend when i say meaningful time at least a few months if not 6 months or a year because in the initial phase everything will look very rosy uh you will say hey yeah this looks very exciting you want to do this together but when you actually start building real product real company is when you start realizing the nuances of people uh and the potential co-founder so number 2 spend time uh number 3 thoughtful about uh what kind of company you want to build why you want to build how you want to build and have those kind of open conversations early on with your co-founder don't restrict your conversation on just the idea talk about hey uh 
this is my area of expertise is this does that resonate with you do you uh, can you compliment me right or hey these are the kind of people that i want to recruit does that resonate with you do you also like to hire that kind of people or hey this is my style of managing people or leading those very candid conversations with the potential co-founders got it i think this is super interesting abhishek this is really insightful what do you sagrika do you have any questions around this Uh, so Abhishek, I think uh, thanks for that. I love hearing stories of how two founders met. <laughs> um, apart from that, I think the second most important part uh, for building a company is the whole idea that you come up with, right? So if I'm not wrong, uh, you were in Hypertruck before you started Plum. So what kind of inspired you to start this particular company, or why this particular idea is what you were pers- you you thought of pursuing back then? Yeah, so a combination of three things. Uh, one is uh, some of the personal experience uh, of running a company. Uh, number two was uh, a lot of interviews with the potential customers, and number three is uh, market research. Right. So uh, my uh, so quick context on Plum. Right. The problem that we are solving is uh, that health insurance is not accessible uh, for smaller sized companies, especially early stage startups. Uh, and then the employee experience is broken uh that was some of the experience that, that both saurabh and i means and we had this idea that hey we want to solve a uh, problem in this space uh but what we knew so that was the first part right which is our own experience but uh, our uh past experience of building companies taught us that hey, you cannot just extrapolate your experience or your problems to world's problems right so we wanted to make sure that we are talking to uh more potential customers to understand if this is a larger problem or just our problem uh, so we met probably 100 plus companies uh, when is a companies think of hr leaders uh, founders uh of and we got a Uh, the, the the question that you would ask is say if assume you had plum life today would you swipe your credit card uh, and the answer we got was yes from a lot of these companies so that was a second data point for us that hey, uh, this is a genuine problem that we are solving and the third was we wanted to get context on the industry uh, we were two people who uh, didn't have any insurance background so we did a lot of research we met a lot of industry experts to understand hey how does insurance industry play out now Uh, and got a lot of data point on why no one has really solved this problem in the past and how our three starting points which is uh, some of our experience uh, backed by the data point from the customers and then further backed by the market research that we did okay okay got it got it so uh, just quickly wanted to understand right when you were doing all of this research and all of that when was it that you realized that yeah dude i mean this is what i want to do and i can leave my current job and jump into this yeah idea bada banne wala hai matlab is pe 100% laga sakta hu like what was that moment yeah so uh, see we had uh, just a bit of context uh, both of us uh, we had completely moved out of our previous engagements or our own companies uh, before we started even exploring what we want mm-hmm. to do right so we were not hedging in the first place that hey we will keep ideating okay. uh, and 
till the time we don't solidify we won't move out of our previous company uh, so the, uh, that's just a bit of context and uh, and the reason is we wanted to be uh, 100% committed to uh, what we were doing we didn't want to hedge uh, uh, in the first place agreed uh, when did this idea solidify this idea solidified uh, i think uh, after a period of 6 months uh, very interestingly this was the very first idea that we wanted uh, to we for 6 months we uh, probably explored like 15 other things uh, and when it's explored talking to customers and doing the research uh, eventually we came back to the first idea that we had and i think that was our uh, there was a, there was a data point to us which is hey we really believe in this idea and that's the reason here we keep coming back to that original idea of what we wanted to build around employee intelligence so i think that was uh, that was the point where we thought hey uh, this is an area where we can actually commit uh, a very long time because we have such deep belief in this got it i think this is among founder who have been really successful or you know the, where the startup has actually been successful which is that the the founders have actually left the previous organizations when they know that they have that conviction that they believe in the idea and then they start working on prototyping and ideating and more and more right if people are stuck in hedging their risk they are not going to give their 100% and ultimately they are not going to lift up the lift up the startup matlab wo dono cheez ek sath nahi manage ho pati so that is what i've seen i think it's really good that you pointed that out and i think that's also changing right it's the uh, risk appetite yeah. in the society uh, that is increasing over a period of time like 5 years ago uh, they hedged uh, now people have the risk appetite and the society is also more forgiving uh, in terms of people leaving the job and taking the risk agreed i think that dialogue uh, this is just reminds me of that dialogue from ye jawani hai diwani which i think really resonates over here kahin pe pahunchne ke liye kahin se nikalna bahut zaruri hai and that is what actually makes a lot of sense over here so i think uh, you know it was uh, great hearing about your journey let's just moving on to you know what actually plum does now so uh, just a quick question around the employee health insurance or the group health insurance segment in general um, why did you think that this is going to be big or why do you still believe in why did you no so i think three three core beliefs that we have uh, shreyas uh, so number one uh, we are going through a fundamental shift in terms of uh, how health insurance has penetrated india uh we are seeing a massive increase in awareness of health insurance uh and that's driven by multiple reasons one is uh, how expensive healthcare is becoming uh the healthcare inflation in india is almost three times the regular inflation uh given what kind of unexpected treatments are coming up which are very very expensive uh if you actually survey people now versus let's say two years ago you will see almost a 10x increase in the awareness of health insurance in india so uh the current penetration of sub 20% will actually reach to 100% plus kind of penetration in the next 10 to 15 years uh our belief number 2 is that this level of penetration will be driven largely by either the government uh, sponsored health insurance or the employer sponsored health insurance uh, and not so much by the retail health insurance where people are buying uh, insurance on their own 
Uh, and this is because our per capita income, right? If you look at a per capita income, not more than 10% of the people can really afford health insurance on their own. So the 90% of our one will depend on the government and the employer-sponsored health insurance. And the government has taken a very ambitious target of sponsoring 500 million people through Ayushman Bharat. So the question really becomes what happens to this rest 700 million people? And there our belief is it's going to be driven by employer-sponsored insurance. And the third belief is that the most of the innovation that has happened in India has been uh, on the retail insurance side and nothing has really changed on the employer-employee side. And that's the area where we are uh, driving a change. We believe that that's the largest segment and that's the fastest growing segment. Uh, if you actually look at the data by insurance is actually the largest and the fastest growing segment, but no one is really touching that, right? So those are the three fundamental reasons uh, why Plum exists. Uh, the way we think of Plum is we are uh, essentially reimagining how employer-employee insurance is supposed to be, uh, and we want to make it uh, available to companies of all sizes and really provide a high-quality experience to the employees and their family members. Got it. I think, no, this is really interesting. Um, Coincidentally, I just want to let you know, you know, I'm actually a Plum user, the organization where I work, they have tied up with you guys. And uh, I think you guys have an amazing interface. If I wanted to go in and, you know, take maybe doctor's appointments and talk about mental health to some someone or maybe to talk about any other personal issues that I'm having from mental health to physical health and all of that, it's directly available on your and I can directly book spots. So I think... You have built a great product. The validation is there, and I'm just looking forward to what rest of you guys do. I just wanted to say that. Sadly, go to you. Thanks, yes. So, Avishek, um, on what you said, I just kind of wanted to ask a follow-up question. We talk a lot about insurance penetration being very less in India, right? Um, in fact. Um, even though I have been like into the fintech space since last two and a half, three years and all these segments are growing way too fast except maybe insurance and not a lot of players are coming into it. If they do, they find it very difficult to kind of scale up to the extent that other players are into lending and payment space. So why, uh, number one, do you think is uh, the low penet... What, what's the main reason of low penetration in India? Yeah, so... Uh two things, right? One, uh, insurance actually is uh, uh, growing really fast. Uh, I will correct that, that yeah, it's, insurance is not a slow growing segment. Uh, it it uh, has been growing at 20% uh, plus year on year uh, for the last uh, seven, eight years, right? So, uh, and uh, if you read uh, some of the articles by Y Combinator, they say, hey, uh, if there is a large industry growing at 10% plus year on year, that's a fantastic industry to bet on, right? So it's actually a very fast growing industry, uh, a very large industry. Uh, the challenge is the size of opportunity is so big, right? Uh, insurance is a product that you can imagine the entire 1.4 billion population can uh, eventually uh, get insured, right? So the size of the opportunity to that size of the opportunity, it looks like we are very underpenetrated. But if you look at insurance in an absolute figure uh, or the absolute size of the industry, it's already a very large and a very fast growing industry. Uh, so it's uh, think of this as both as an opportunity uh, uh, that exist uh, because of what is possible 
but uh, I would definitely correct it that it's not a small or a, or a slow growing industry. That's what I thought and I kind of reckon to your thoughts on that. Um, a lot of players or whoever kind of pitches to us on insurance end up saying that uh, insurance is a uh, you know not a fast growing industry but I think I, I kind of reckon on your thoughts. Uh, Shreza, what do you? Is that, uh, Shreza, is that breaking for me or uh, sorry I'm uh, having slightly hard time hearing I think I think uh, she has a patchy network. Okay, I just wanted to be sure if it's my network. Apparently, I'm at NPCI and uh, they're not letting me use the Wi-Fi, so I have to live on mobile hotspot right now. <laughs> okay, no worries. So I just had a quick follow-up question. Um, it's an interesting behavioral psychology that I was pondering about, right? So when you look at Indian market, you know the investors are known to be a bit more risk-averse than the global. Well, uh, any global industry. When you look at the insurance segment, I think that could that should ideally be at least specifically health insurance should be a no-brainer for someone with that kind of a psychology. But for some reason, we are still seeing it to be you know very underpenetrated. Like health insurance right now is a no-brainer. Like considering the pandemic and everything, and it is definitely reflected. But why do you think it was such before that? Right, it was still like four to five percent penetrated, and it was like ninety-six percent market was up for grabs. What do you think was the reason for that? Yeah. I think two reasons. One, it's very highly regulated uh, in mm-hmm. India. Uh, you need a lot of licenses to play in this. Uh, number two, uh, I think there is a bit of issues uh, with different industry uh, over a period of time. Uh, and unfortunately, insurance was one of those industries that people treated as a very old industry. Uh, and for the rightful reasons, in a way, right, it is, it, it is truly one of the oldest industries. It has existed for the last uh, three, four centuries now. And the largest companies that exist uh, globally, if you think of uh, a MetLife or a Prudential, these are uh, companies and brands that uh, uh, were created hundreds of years ago, right? So uh, for that reason, the mental mapping of everyone, including the investors and the entrepreneurs, is that hey, this is a really old industry, and uh, the uh, the mental mapping is inspiration uh, that is more uh, cutting edge, more at the forefront of creating a new industry rather than going and disrupting a very old industry. Uh, so I think those were the two reasons, which is one is regulate; it's a regulated industry, which most of the startups want to avoid. And number two. The mental map thing that hey this is an old old industry i don't understand it uh i don't want to disrupt i would rather go and build something new agreed i come i think i completely understand right everywhere in this startup industry wants to do something cool and insurance was never traditionally cool but you had there needed to be innovation you know for it to you know come to that level where people wanted to start start disrupting and now we have seen you know start Like this, there are a couple more players in the API or uh, API application of the, uh, insurance industry APIs and all of that. So I think the space is definitely picking has picked up in the past couple of years, and I think COVID has definitely you know helped uh, all of that. So since you guys have been you know uh, working with so many uh, small companies as well as uh, startups to enable uh, their employees' well-being through your products, what has been the trend that you're seeing? You know, as you go from let's say. Generation X to millennials to Gen Z. What do you, what the what's the trend that you have seen in the form of awareness? 
Yes. Let's say if a Gen Z versus a millennial versus a Gen X is joining a company, which one is the one? I mean, which which generation would be the one to go and demand? Say, hey, I want insurance benefits, or else I'm not joining the startup. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, what are the so things? Uh, I think number one uh, at a more broader level, uh, uh, employees. Asking for uh, these kind of health benefits has uh, substantially increased in the last two years. Uh, we have seen many incidences uh, of uh, companies uh, setting up insurance because uh, potential employees have this uh, employee benefit set up. Uh, we have seen many different instances of that. Now, uh, which segment uh, do we hear this more from? Uh, I would say the awareness definitely exists in people uh, who are, let's say, uh, 30 plus years, 35 plus years, because of two reasons. One, uh, they have uh, parents uh, who uh, really need insurance more than anyone else, uh, and hence they mm -hmm. want that coverage from their employ uh, employer. Uh, and number two, these people also tend to uh, have dependent family members, be it spouse or kids, and hence, again, they need uh, more than a 20-25 year old uh, person uh, so definitely that demand exists more in that segment compared to a 20 year old uh, joining a company don't even think of that hey i should ask this from my employer definitely i think uh, the more the responsibilities the more the demand is increased so definitely i think gen x and millennials uh, would be more uh, essentially inclined to ask for these kind of benefits Perfect. I think, Sagrika, uh, over to you if you have any questions. Uh, yes. So, Abhishek, um, I mean, very interestingly, a few months back, I think um, I was kind of looking for uh, buying insurance for our employ our, our company employees, right? Um, and as as any other individual who's not a pro in insurance, I got lost in kind of all the insurance products that are, right? So, uh, just to push on a question out there and how has kind of technology kind of helped the segment grow uh, so far and how does it kind of ease the process of maybe choosing insurance uh, for a small employee company, for a big employee company, etc. No, definitely. I think the uh, COVID-19 uh, has uh, massively accelerated uh, some of the tech initiatives. Uh, just had to sell and interact with customers remotely. Uh, they had to underwrite uh, uh, remotely. They had to uh, make the claims process completely remote. And hence, they were forced to adopt technology. Uh, interestingly, the insurance startups have led a lot of these innovations uh, across the life cycle of insurance, right? The life cycle of insurance being uh, what is the product? What is the pricing? How do you distribute? How do you market and then how do you do the claims disbursement uh, across that life cycle we have seen uh, the usage of technology right so uh, to give you an example on pricing uh, we have seen how you can use uh, to personalize the pricing uh, for let's say a more healthier uh, company compared to a slightly less healthy company or a more healthy individual compared to a less healthy individual so that a more healthy individual pays a lower pricing uh, compared to the other person so that they're not cross-subsidizing the insurance for each other. Uh, people are paying the right price. And so it's not about making it cheap. It's about making the price 
accurate to that individual or to that business using data. Uh, similarly, uh, if you think of a policy issuance, policy issuance used to take weeks, uh, let's say a year ago, two years ago, and now we have seen uh, some of our real-time policy issuance. Uh, we have seen a lot of companies, and you would have read this in the news. Uh, a lot of companies are doing uh, distribution of bite-sized insurance. Uh, when I say bite-sized, think of a twenty rupees, fifty rupees uh, insurance product. And the great thing about this is it is helping the customers warm up to this idea of having insurance in the first place. These are customers who have never ever bought any insurance, so this is their introduction to insurance as a product, so that then and they can go and buy. Now buy a more holistic insurance product, let's say over the next one to two years. So these are some examples of uh, how we are seeing technology. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Abhishek. Uh, just one quick question: Is it safe to say that COVID is for insurance, what demonetization was for payments? Yeah. Sorry, I missed that, Sagita. Sorry. Sorry, I was asking: uh, Is it safe to say that COVID is for insurance? What demonetization was for payments? To some extent, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're both pros, pros and cons, but uh, it has definitely uh, accelerated uh, both the push for technology and awareness. Why? Understood. Um, All right, great. I think uh, that was a really good answer, Sagrika. And uh, Abhishek, thank you so much. I think it has been a very insightful conversation with you. Okay, thank you so much, Reyes, and thank you so much, Sagrika, for having me.